looking like one of the goats. Still got that thing in my coat. I kick in the dope, letting them know that I'm dope. Dope like the coat that they sniff in the back of the court. Leaving my foot on their throat. Must have took me for a joke. So please don't approach, cause nigga, you just like a roach. Play with me, I get you stepped on. Knowing I'm head of the family, moving with Grammys, you can just call me the Don. I'm way too mature to be holding a gun by my waist, I keep mine by my arm. I'm a dog off the leash till I snatch up the beast and I put them right back on my tongue. Had a couple of problems with some of my partners who wanted to ring the alarm. So I kept it G with them niggas, but some of them niggas, they didn't even stick to the codes. I know that they are irrelevant, nothing they telling me ever convinced me to fold. My grandmother's present of promise is the only thing I know that's saving my soul. So don't involve me with no drama, cause even my mama know me, I ain't letting it go. That's true. Yeah. I've definitely learned a lot so far just in this podcast making process. Yeah. Don't ever look don't ever look at things as failures if it don't work. Just say, hey, you know what? This is the next stepping stone. I, I never knew what people would pay attention to until I started doing it. And they pay attention to the weirdest things. We got to go. All right. So I want y'all to know y'all missed uh, a very interesting preamble ramble. And I'm sorry y'all had to miss it. Yeah. We, we going to... Uh, we're going to start queuing up a little differently from time to time. We'll figure it out. Uh, but my name is Edibretto Baskets El Segundo. They call me Herb. And with me to my left is my co-host. Just Alex. What's up, y'all? And this is the Herb Surgery Podcast with Alex and Herb. Today we have a special guest, very special guest. A local legend. If you're from Virginia uh, at all, you're going to know Wayne from Auto Connection. Yes. All right. Um, and if you think you don't know Call Mac Mac if your credit is whack whack. That's all we can do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the legalities on it, but uh, one of the hyper Super Bowl commercials, yeah. uh, regionally recognized in my lifetime. Um, but let, we'll, we'll get started. I want to get started back early, on all the way back to like the early two thousands. Hector the Connector. Hey, wow, you wow. know about Hector? You really did your research. Well, you just hit on something. You know, you talked about that Super Bowl, um, and I hate that cut off the beginning but that was very interesting do you know that that Super Bowl commercial you're talking about are you talking about the running of the Bulldogs yeah do you know that Geico copied that commercial over 95% of it and it was running nationwide and they even ran it in this area here and I mean they almost copied it to a T they didn't spoof it yeah they copied it to a T I couldn't believe it the only thing they didn't have in there was me <laughs> I'm telling you and there were so many people in my organization that were hot over it and they're like uh, you know especially in the advertising department and they're like what are we gonna do we're we gonna sue them I'm like no because if you sue them what's gonna happen is they're gonna get a, a letter from our attorney it's just gonna say cease and desist and they're just gonna stop running it in this market right that's yeah. all they're gonna do you're not gonna cre- you're not gonna do anything you ain't gonna get no money out of it but I don't want to sue them anyway but here I have a way better idea why people in this area I've already started getting phone calls on it. What's going on? Did you see this? What happened? Geico, cop, Geico copied you. And I particularly wrote this commercial myself. And uh, I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to, and it had been like four or five years since we had ran that commercial. And I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start running the commercial again. And we're going to show everybody that they copied us because we did it in 13. They're doing it in 18. That's what it was. It was in 18. I said, and we're going to play off of their advertising. And everybody, when they see this commercial, they're going to think Auto Connection. And when they think Auto Connection, maybe they come by a car. And if they tell us to cease and desist, guess what? 
Got we it. created the commercial. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> so it's win-win all over the place. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm going to piggyback off of Geico, who's piggybacking off of me. And I'm like, this is win-win. Don't be mad about this. <laughs> so anyway, I had to take that lead right there because I would have forgotten that. Oh, no, free yeah, market, yeah. baby. I love it. I love it. Like, it, it, it definitely transitioned. I was going to ask you uh, about a collaboration with an insurance company anyway, and Ooh. I'm glad we got an answer early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but but Hector the Connector, I got Hector Connector. Now I'm gonna have to ask you a question. How do you know about Hector? Hector didn't last very long. Did you? Do I have stuff on a website showing about Hector? Uh, you, no way you remember that. I mean, because that's a long time ago. So, okay, but I, I have some funny stories. But let me hear how you know about Hector. Now there were a couple news articles about you specifically. Okay, right. If you if you go through Google and you dig deep enough, there are early articles from well, I wouldn't say early actually uh, from like mid mid 2000s that's pretty early um, yeah, well, <laughs> well I opened Auto Connection in May of 2000 so mid 2000s that's kind of early and that's um, they're talking about the first start of your commercials mm -hmm. had the connector that's right and when you transition to start featuring Mac Mac this right. is predates Mac Mac right but yeah. I wanted to know about that that early start and where your headspace was about where you thought your advertising was going to go? Well, I didn't know. We first started on, um, I told you earlier about the little building where we were just in a little right. small building. And uh, the space wasn't for a car lot, wasn't much bigger than the front up there. It was just a little small car lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wanted to start selling more cars. We're like, well, you know what? We got to get on radio. No way we can afford TV. So let's get on radio. Um, so we wrote this commercial. I can't remember that. I can't remember how it goes, but it's something about riding in a hoopty, blah 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 blah. You know, it's really cute how it I'll went. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and we put it on Wowie. Do you remember that radio station, Wowie? Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, um, man, and we put that commercial on there, and it just took off, and mm. all of a sudden, our sales went from like um, I want to say maybe twenty a month to the first month we started going on radio, we went from twenty to sixty a month. And I'm like, the first month, and I'm like, holy crap, there's something to this. So we go a little long, uh, maybe six months down the road, and we're like, you know what? We got a little cash behind me. Let's do, let's do some TV. Let's just have some fun. And um, the first commercial we do was about Saturday Night Fever, and it was the goofiest commercial there. <laughs> they got a guy pretending to be John Travolta and he's right. walking they're playing and they're playing the uh, night fever yeah night fever night fever and the guy's walking down and it's funny the camera you know he's walking real cool and they're playing the music and got a lady you know and all everybody's looking at him right and all of a sudden the it's like one of those record stops you know how it goes and then all of a sudden the camera goes down to the man's feet and he's got these big toes hanging out and and he he's like his toes are sticking out of his his shoes mm -hmm. and somebody hits him up man what's going on with your with your digs there and at least and they said something of the nature of you need to go see you know not Matt Matt you need to go to the auto connection and get a car because the man's walking everywhere it was one of those kind of things and it was just real stupid but man I got all kinds of press over that and it was it was funny it was cute but it, I don't know. It was kind of. I was telling you earlier about uh, we were doing home commercials, right. kind of, you know. So uh, it was rough, but it was cute. Yeah. And uh, I got a lot of press off of that. Well, anyway, couldn't have been maybe a couple, few months after that. Uh, I got a girlfriend who was into advertising, and uh, um, 
she was going to Old Dominion at the time. And uh, so she started helping me shoot the commercials after this. And uh, she said, I know how to do all this. I know how to use a camera and all this stuff. So it was just me and her writing the commercials at that point. And Hector Connector, I came up with him and I think it had something to do with Big Big Al's muffler. I saw his uh, <laughs> gangster look on there, and I said the auto connection. And I'm like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna run a campaign that says we're gonna connect you with financing. So Hector Connector was he was like the mafia guy who was gonna you were gonna be connected if you were connected to Hector Connector. He was gonna connect you with uh, with financing. So that was the thought on that. So we're trying to figure out a gangster type of looking thing. And uh, the girl I was with, she, um, uh, she said, well, we gotta find this gangster looking mask of some sort. So she goes online and you know what she does? She finds a mask of Saddam Hussein, a Halloween mask of Saddam Hussein. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she puts a wig on it and like, well, shoot, that don't really look like Saddam Hussein anymore. It looks like a, it looks like a, a, you know, just a gangster kind of Italian mafia dude. And so I would wear the mask and walk around, and I had this big striped suit on, you know, looking like a gangster. So no, nobody knew I had Saddam Hussein mask on. I probably would have got bad press, especially back then at that time. Oh, yeah. You know? So, but that wasn't the point. You know, we weren't trying to make any point, trying to be funny. We were just trying to find something that worked. And uh, anyway, that's how connect Hector. Came, but anyway, she came, and when she first came along, she had just bred like eight bulldogs, and she brought all eight bulldogs to my house, and she start we started living together at the beach, and um, so I've got all these in my laundry room, these eight puppies, and man, it just stunk the whole house up, right? But they were so cute, little cute bulldog puppies, and um, a little time goes on, and we sell them. We sell the puppies, and uh, I decided, you know what, let's just keep one. And this one, he was the second biggest one out of them, and he would, as a puppy, and he would always, you know, get up on me, and he'd sleep on my chest, you know, he's real cute, yeah. and that was Mac Mac. And um, so anyway, time goes on, and she's trying to sell me on the fact that Mac is probably eight months old at this time. And she says, you know, people love children and animals on TV and I said well that's interesting I said you're probably right um, so she wants Mac Mac to be the star in the commercials let's put him in a commercial and I kept saying no no and a few months go by and she's like come on we gotta do it we gotta do it and I'm like okay I got an idea let's see what happens if Mac Mac is Hector Connector's dog yeah. So he's going to be the tough-looking bulldog. You know, he was—he actually was a huge bulldog, and he was very strong. He looked like Spike in the cartoon, the big chest, yeah. you know. <laughs> and the way he walked was really cool. Everybody loved this dog, right? Including me. I mean, I just love the dog. And uh, so he's going to be Hector's sidekick. So we put him in a commercial, and he's a sidekick. And, man, the phone rings off the hook. And everybody wants to know about Mac Mac. So after that, about a month, two months goes by, I'm like, you know what? gonna have to kick old Hector to the curb it's all about Mac Mac so I hope that answered your question so oh, yeah. how, many, how many commercials was Mac Mac in total oh wow I mean I, I've done I've done over a hundred commercials uh, but I don't know how many he was actually in mm. I'm not sure 
That was a lot. That's all yeah, I can yeah, tell yeah. you. I don't know. I, yeah. I know uh, Mac Mac is like synonymous with your the image of auto yes. connection. Of course, uh, yeah. The statue. Like the gecko is for uh, for Kaiko. Yeah. For Kaiko, right, right. And then, um, <laughs> what, uh, so, and I, we talked about this earlier before before everybody before the audio was rolling. We 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 brought it up. It's my my favorite auto connection commercial. Uh, it's 2009 and Dollar Down Man. Uh, and if anybody remembers it, I actually think it was the $300 Down Man. You might at that time, that. yes, it was called the $300 Down Man. Yes, and then, uh, Dollar Down didn't come till later, but he was the $300 Down Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, you're right, Dollar Down and Man. And he had a cape on. It was like, so silly. Like two commercials later. Yeah. All right. Um, but yes, at, at the very end of the commercial. After everything happens, uh, you're dancing with a, a image of Mac Mac, um, with like a painted on body. It was a cartoon. I mean, it was animated. Yeah, yeah she made an animated <laughs> figure. It was kind of, it wasn't like real professional. It was real choppy, like yeah, it was like, like South Park, kinda, like yeah. the first South Park. You know, it was real choppy. Now, yeah. now, uh, so dancing, the, dancing the Soldier Boy. Uh, and at the time, y'all remember 2009, Crank That Soldier Boy was the hottest song around. That's right. And and it's something Alex and I noticed is literally before we had TikTok, before we had Vine, right, uh, as far as memes went in our local area, it was commercials yeah. um, and very, very early YouTube. And that that's how we recognize you. Like, so yeah. we would see your commercials. I was always on, I was on YouTube a lot. I didn't even know what YouTube was, and everybody's like, "Did you see you on YouTube?" It oh. was it was the best. Like, like this, like it was it was before we even knew how to communicate with one another. It was, hey, we've all seen these commercials. Yeah. That's what we talked about. That's what everyone was excited about as children. Like we weren't even old enough. Uh, some of us were old enough to have cars. I I was in two thousand nine. I was old enough too, but I still didn't have a car yet. Yeah. But every time I thought about it, I was like, man, my credit is kind of. Non-existent, and I was like, maybe auto connection might be the spot. <laughs> so it did work; like it was successful. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking about how early you were to to being a meme, like to being viral, and <laughs> yeah. to to setting and following trends. Like, and it you predate the existence of what we do now. But I had no idea I was doing that. And you know, another thing that I was excited about later on it was like, you know, with Mac Mac, I created advertising, or we, my group. We created advertising with using him for generations after generations, and we didn't even know it. You know, I was just trying to to get you know who was in, in who Matt could be in front of today, and I didn't realize that uh, that I was setting that up for future that little kids would be watching Mac Mac on TV, and that when they got older, it would carry over. Hey, you remember the Bulldog Mac Mac? Oh, let's go see them. I had no idea, so I can't take credit for that. It was just some things when you're in business and you just keep trying and trying things, sometimes the luck just comes right along with it. And that was one lucky factor that I did have. That was very lucky. So, like, with the commercials, right, what is your process, though? What is it, how does it start with now? Like, who is the, who now? the, creative, yeah, who's the creative head for your commercials? Well, the guy that controls uh, all of my, purchases all my advertising and does the commercials, his name is Derek Bort actually has uh, some Hollywood films uh, yeah um, shoot what's the name of it uh, keeping up with the Joneses uh, was okay. one of his movies and the last one he did just came out 
couple years ago, and Russell Crowe was in it, and I can't remember. He's he said to me more in uh, into his movie, so he's a pretty popular okay. guy. But what we do now is he gets. Uh, we talk, I talk with him, and uh, have another guy who's been with me for 30 years now. Um, he's the guy right under me that, you know, basically runs the stores and the uh, finance company. Well, anyway, we all, we get on the phone and talk, and we're like, okay, we're gonna meet in a month. Let's come with, um, let's come with some ideas. So it's about four or five of us. We come with that, we think about things, we come to a table. And we sit around and just, uh, you know, throw ideas around, a lot of silly stuff, and all of a sudden it'll land on something. And when it lands on something, we try to come up with about 10 commercials. And uh, we have all these ideas, and we're like, okay, we take notes, then we go wait another month, and then we come back, and now we have much, you know, more structured ideas. And we, uh, we have some people even come back with whole commercials written. So uh, we try to come up with 10. Then he goes, we write the commercials, he goes and finds the actors for all of the thing and uh, figures out how we're going to work me into it, what's it going to be, and um, then we just, uh, we shoot about, wherever we're going to shoot, a lot of them are done at the Auto Connection, but we do some off-site stuff too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so um, we, put, we try to do all 10 commercials within a weekend, and uh, when he edits them, there's probably going to be a couple that we just didn't like. It just didn't work out. Maybe we didn't have the right actors in there, or just the commercial didn't just didn't work. Exactly. And we end up with eight. So you end up with eight. That's commercials that's going to last you for about a year, year and a half or so. Okay. So yeah, you can just keep flowing them through the uh, the different stations, and uh, that's that's just how we do it. What's the most expensive commercial you've uh, shot? The what? The most expensive commercial would be the we were talking about the Super Bowl commercial that was the running of the Bulldogs we actually yep. rented out a whole street we had to call the city in Norfolk okay. and we had these big boom cranes that came out they were I don't know a couple of them story uh, no a couple of stories high and um, that was uh, I think that commercial probably cost us uh, 35,000 and that was back in 2012 yeah 2012 inflation that's uh, yeah. yeah, it's rough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, yeah. So that's for a thirty-second commercial, but you, yeah, you got to think about all the actors we had to have and um, care for the bulldogs. Uh, yeah, a lot of editing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had uh, shoot. I think I had fifteen bulldogs in that commercial. Yeah. yeah. So okay. yeah, and that was an all-day affair. So I mean, they had to do the the running of the bulldogs. Shoot, they probably did that. 15 times so you can imagine how ornery the bulldogs got after yeah. that <laughs> and some of the actors too you know so uh that's that was a lot of footage and okay. a lot of editing as well yeah, yeah. that's cool um so th there's a collection of uh of your videos on YouTube, it's literally just listed as Mac Mac videos. <laughs> okay, is that run by you guys, or is somebody else just collected all? It's your all kinds of stuff out there. We I, we haven't done any of that. Hmm. No, no. <laughs> I uh, think uh, you, you you uh, I feel like you're missing out on a market uh, uh, for for advertising just just off just of doing a, that. No, that's, a YouTube that's, channel that could be a cre creative idea. That probably could work. There are several that you know people. Uh, when they come around me, if if somebody introduces me and say, hey, you know, this guy's a Mac Mac guy, and they don't know who I am, they just got in from town or something, and then they'll pull up something on YouTube, and uh, they'll ask me what to, to pull up, and I have some favorite ones. Uh, 
One of them was uh, called Drop That Hoopty. Have you seen that? It's got my <laughs> tour bus in it. And it's we rented out this bar. <laughs> and I'm dancing with all these girls. And you've got me. I'm in this real this uh, white fur coat. And I've got these yeah. shades on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you got... Uh, you got Little John singing in the background, and um, uh, this was an expensive commercial too. Yeah, I, I can't even remember how much this one costs, but um, but yeah, I have my tour bus there, and the tour bus is beautiful. It's one of these rock star tour bus. I don't know if you've ever seen. It's got uh, I wrapped it in uh, Mac Mac stuff, and it was so yeah. cool. I, yeah, I bought it I think in 2010. I think I sold it in 13. And uh, anyway, that's in this commercial, and uh, this was like a minute-long commercial. So I'll send them to, to that commercial. That's real fun. I had one with Ric Flair. No. Actually, I, I copied. Uh, I copied. Geico was doing these commercials with stars in them. Yeah. And, yeah, and I was I was dressed like Ric Flair. That was a real fun. Uh, another one I did was uh, that I remember was uh, not Star Search. What was Simon in? Um, American Idol. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. It was called the American Idol. And um, we had uh, lookalikes on there. Um, well, one looked like Simon. Who were the three main ones from the beginning? Uh, Paul Abdul. Paul Abdul. And we had the girl that did her was acting like, because sometimes Paula would look like she's kind of <laughs> wasted on there, and the girl was acting drunk on there. And uh, of course, Simon was acting like an asshole. And uh, who was the other Randy. one? Randy. Yeah, Randy. Yeah, he was kind of, yeah, he was kind of just laid back. And I dressed up like a woman. And I've got this mini skirt on and dressed up in makeup and I'm singing a song on there. And boy, did I, I caught hell from all my friends dressing like a chick on, uh, on TV. But boy, that, that really got a whole lot of attention too. But I'm pretty proud of that one because it's, it's so funny. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shoot, if I, I go down memory lane, it's just so many of them that, are, that, were, that were funny to us. Uh, because it's not, some of those things, um, you know, people see me as a more serious type of a person a lot if you don't really know me. So they like, uh, when they first meet me, I'm, I'm more serious. And um, they're like, you're that guy that, that's on TV doing all the, because they expect <laughs> me to be this, I don't know, this flamboyant type of a person. Right. <laughs> and you know, I'm kind of laid back when you first meet me. Yeah, and exactly. I was like, weren't expe we weren't expecting that. <laughs> so. Were you always interested in acting or comedy? No. Um, I'll tell you how I got into doing the commercials was my, uh, there's a story here. Um, this would have been one of, yeah, probably my second, maybe my second commercial. Okay. The first one was the Saturday Night Live one. Uh, not live, uh, Saturday Night Fever. Mm -hmm. The second one was a more serious commercial. And what I did is I found uh, this attractive woman who was uh, a figure on TV. No, I'm sorry, on radio. I can't remember her name. Um, but she was very attractive. And um, she uh, she had a nice radio voice. And everybody, she was a, a radio talent. And everybody knew her. And um, I'm like, we're gonna do a TV commercial with her. And we're gonna try to make her the Auto Connection spokesperson. So I get her, and she, I, I didn't realize she was attractive till, till I saw her, and I just knew she had a radio, a good radio voice, and when she showed up, I'm like, wow, she's attractive, she's got a nice voice, I'm going to make her be the spokesperson for the auto connection, that was my idea. And so we put her in, it's a more serious commercial, it wasn't funny, it was just really trying to sell cars. So some commercials, like when I run a bunch of commercials, I'll put 
one serious one mixed in with all the funny ones. So, uh, so you'll see we do have a serious side as, <laughs> as well. We're not just goofy, but About you know. The I mean, yeah, but anyway, so what happened was it was such a good commercial. It was nice and clean, well shot, and uh, not like the other commercials. Right. And uh, uh, what happened was after, and she only wanted $250 per, per commercial. Okay, gave her what she wanted. And um, <laughs> after everybody saw it on there, do you, do you remember the Hall Auto Group? They're called Mile One now. Well, they, at the time, they had over 12. They were huge, and they're yeah. still there. Uh, new car franchise. And at the time, they had like 12 car lots. They were one of the big boys in town. So they see her, and what do they do? They call her, they give her a contract, and she's she can't oh, man. yeah she can't work with me anymore so wow. you know I was pretty hot about that yeah you know so I'm like okay that's not gonna happen anymore so what's gonna happen is I'm doing the commercials from now on so I know this won't happen if I do the commercials so yeah. I'm just gonna yeah. have to tighten up and do them myself so it wasn't you know and it was funny because when I said I was gonna do that to myself I didn't realize that wow if you go on TV people are gonna start recognizing who you are out here and you know I didn't even give that any thought really no I just didn't you know my mind wasn't there and I didn't care about that I just didn't care about that you know when your focus is somewhere I know right Don't you? Yeah. yeah but my focus wasn't there my focus was business it right, really right, was right. and I was trying to make it for myself okay yeah so when you get focused sometimes you lose sight of things like that oh. and it's like I wasn't doing this for you know to get known in town or you know anything like that I just this was my focus. No, you did it for the right I mean, because if I, yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, if I'd so have wanted that, I never would have hired her in the first place. Right. I never would have hired the, the people. I wasn't in the commercial with the, the Saturday Night Fever thing. Um, so anyway, that's what put me in the commercials. Yeah. And I was actually a little nervous about doing this. Like, well, I've never acted. Well, I had. I'd been in school plays, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. Um, but I was like, okay, how's this going to go out? we got to write commercials specifically for me to be in. And uh, my girlfriend, she said, well, yeah. She said, you know what we need to do? We need to make you dance on there because that's what's going to gather people's attention. I'm like, really? <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to get on TV and dance. And I didn't want to do it. Right. But, uh, but I did. And I didn't even practice. And you know what? I'm not going to practice. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get on here and I'm, I'm just going to act a fool. And uh, I get this saying in my head, don't be cool, act a fool. When I got out of college, I uh, started selling vacuum cleaners, and that's where I got all my sales training from. I actually sold vacuum cleaners door to door. So in order, I did that for three years, and my trainer, um, one of his things that he said is, don't be cool, act a fool. When you act a fool, it's, it's the energy. The energy will transfer to other people. Don't get out there and be all serious. If you want to be this great, he was a great salesperson. Actually, he was from Richmond, and, um, and I always remembered that about him. Yeah, so don't be cool, act a fool. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna practice. I'm just gonna get, I'm gonna get in front of the camera, and I'm just gonna do my thing. And my thing was kind of awkward, but you know, <laughs> things can be, things can be awkward and be cool, and you can catch people's attention by being awkward. It's authentic, though. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's, it was my thing. So um, then after that, we we got other people. We got you know just. Um, 
customers that would come on and do dancing commercials mm -hmm. with us and they would do testimonials on there and then as out, right after they said how great they were they they'd get up there and do their dance <laughs> and we had people coming to us all the time can we be on a commercial can we be on a commercial you know they didn't want to get paid they just wanted to be on a commercial and dance for free you know so that took off pretty good yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so things were just happening you know it's just uh didn't know the rhyme or reason it's just i would do something and it was just happening you know it was a it was a, i had a good energy going on with with everything that was happening and i believe that if you have a good energy you attract yeah good it energy from other people yeah yeah, yeah. i believe there's a reason why good energy people just get attracted to others and it just keeps snowballing Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. You got time for your uh, your, your right. absurdity questions? Yeah, I do. Cause I'm halfway through the bottle, and I, I was about to say, that's the signal. <laughs> that's the signal. Like, yeah, you know, so we know I'm ready. Uh, so, <clears throat> two questions. It's 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 two part. It's always two part. Sometimes second part comes. Sometimes it don't come. <laughs> Should I be nervous? No. I, I mean, we'll, we'll find out. Oh. Right. So I, the, the first, first thing, right? I, I got to know this. If you could sell any car. Right. Not not own it, right? Because there, you know, a lot of different answers for what you own for yourself. But you could sell any car, real or not real. It could be it be it could be a car from a fictional universe. Doesn't matter. Which one would you sell? Well, that's that easy. I'd sell it. Most car guys would would tell you this. It's uh, back in the day in the seventies. Most car guys would have told you Cadillac, mm -hmm. and uh, no, today it's a Lexus. Um, but you can you ask me that but it's always what you believe in so that's what you're gonna sell that's what you're gonna sell best so if I believed in a, a Kia better than everything else whether it was the best car or not if I believed in it then that would be the best car for me to sell but I've had Lexus and um, me personally and there's to me there's no better ride out there than a Lexus and and how well they they last um, and some people would argue that. Some people would say Mercedes. What about a Mercedes? What about BMW? They ride different. Um, Lexus. Uh, when I say Lexus, I like the, you know, now it's the 500. It was the LS. And mm -hmm. uh, but when I bought, I bought one when they first came out in 07. I bought the the four the LS 460L, which was the the longer version of it. And man, that car was so nice. I mean, every little thing, even when you shut the door, you could just feel how solid the car was made, and there were just no problems. With any of these Lexus, we sell a lot of Lexus today, and we just don't have any problems with them. So I'm sold on Lexus. Um, I know you saw what I drive is is an Escalade. Yeah. Well, if uh, if Lexus would make come out with a vehicle as big as the Escalade, I would okay. I would take the Lexus. But I believe in Lexus, and uh, you know that's a preference. It's just a preference. Uh, I like the way the Lexus rides. Um, like a BMW hugs the road. It's more of a performance car kind of thing. It just, I just like the way the Lexus takes the road. But anyway. Okay. Now, yeah. This, 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 I, I oh, boy. Uh -oh, uh -oh. oh, boy. Now, here we go. So you're going to sell you a Lexus, right? Okay. And you can pick the person you sold it to. And you get to sell it yourself. This this isn't you you having it on your lot and you, you let another one of your salesmen take care of business. You personally get to sell a Lexus to one person. Who is that person? Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins! Why? <laughs> Why Tony <laughs> Robbins? Why? 
Rihanna's my answer, but do you know? Do you know? No, I can pull my own chicks. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need a. I don't need something like that just, to go get. Just hit me right in the chest with it. No. <laughs> Dang, wow. <Wayne. I>, well, <laughs> well, you act surprised at my answer. So I, I had. To, I better had given you a good reason, well, right? You had to give me a step I, into the I did. I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean it that way. No, I didn't mean that you couldn't. You know I mean, I mean that. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't need any head starts on. I'm fine there in that yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, sir. Um, yeah, most uh, most car dealers don't have problems in that. You know, we're, yeah. we're not afraid of rejection. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get out there and play the game, and just we're just not afraid. It doesn't matter what I think I look like. Uh, it's most salesmen have great confidence, and uh, that's where the start is. You know, the high contact, the the confidence, and you just play a numbers game. That's it. So. I don't need that head start that you were talking about, but that's so. I was going to pick somebody like. Well, I can tell you what, Tony Robbins. Um, Tony, I better have a good answer for that, right? <laughs> no, I will. Okay, this. Uh, you got time for this one? Yeah, I got time. <laughs> okay, for it. this goes back to about maybe 1987, and I'm around 20, 26, 27 years old, and I'm living in an apartment behind my father's house, and. Um, I know I have all this potential to be a, this great salesperson, and uh, shoot, I had just gotten through, I, at the time, I had put together this lunch truck, and it's called Mr. Munchie, and it's called Mr. Munchie, you can you can just guess, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> what I might have been selling on there with hot dogs too, but anyway, I'd go around to construction sites, and I was just not happy with my life where it was going, I was like, I had so much more potential than what I was doing, and I was going to a lot of bars and hanging out, and you know, it's just getting a little older. I felt, I you know, 26, 27, not that old. But back then it felt like, boy, I better start <laughs> doing something uh, with my life. And uh, instead of going out and getting wasted, you know, six out of seven days a week. And not that I get wasted every night, but I was drinking probably six days a week. Right. And uh, going to bars and hanging out. And I was kind of disgusted with myself. And so I get home late one night and... Um, and I see a, um, I see a video. I mean, uh, two thirty in the morning. I'm watching TV, and uh, I see this uh, an infomercial is what it is, and it was Tony Robbins, and it talked about how to you know get a hold of your life and um, really straighten you out. So I'm like, and it was like two hundred fifty dollars, and at the time I probably only had shoot maybe at the time I might have had two thousand dollars to my name, and um, so to spend two fifty on something like this, you know, you would think, uh, that's that's a lot of money. But I was so ready for a change. And so I'm like, okay, let's see what this guy's really all about. So I bought the tapes and I started practicing some of the, the things that he said to do. And uh, you know, one of the key things was life is about pain. You do you do things for pain and pleasure, pain or pleasure, you know, and it just it just has all these great teachings. And it talked about at the time I had a habit of uh, chewing tobacco with those little uh, skull bandit little things, little pouches. And yeah. it was funny, I'd only get in my car and do it. I wouldn't chew it anywhere else, but I'd get in my car and it just I had this habit and I did it. I, I had been doing it for probably seven or eight years. And he talked about if you wanted to get a habit, to get rid of a habit, you had to do something to replace it. 
so what I did, you know, is cold bandits came in this little thing. So mm -hmm. the teachings which you'd have, you can't just go cold turkey on something. You have to do something, get creative on how you're going to replace it. And if you're going to stop doing it. So what I do is I go buy the, I go to 7-Eleven. I think they cost like $2.50 at the time. I would buy the skull bandits and I would dump them out. I'd pay the $2.50 and then I'd buy a pack of dentine. And you know, dentine looked like, like the little skull yeah. bandits. So I'd stick the dentine in the cup. And so what I'd do is put it in the car. Then I'd put two dentines in my, in my mouth to make up for what I'd lost by not having the... The skull bandits. You know how long it did. This is a seven, eight year old habit. You know how long it took me to kick that habit? Three weeks. Man. And I'm done. So you can imagine I'm sold at that point about how that really worked. This wasn't, I didn't will my way into doing this. This really was a process that really worked. It wasn't like I'm going to have this will to, to stop doing it and just buy into this. I'm going to try it out and see if it works. Well, it worked. And because of that, I started studying Tony Robbins and everything that he was teaching and man it just it gave me this motivation that just took me off and, and from there I got a car lot and I mean I just everything just started clicking for me then so um, I won't bore you with all those details that's that's a whole day worth of stuff there uh, but anyway you asked why Tony Robbins um, that's why Tony Robbins okay. because of that it changed my life around um, of course, I had to have the, I had to have something in my life that made me want to grab, reach out there and grab something. Yeah. He was just that vehicle that there may have been other people at the time, but I mean, you know how popular he is now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, I, I just, yeah, I just happened to grab a hold of him. And okay. because I was kind of desperate, a desperate point in my life, whereas I needed to make a change. And um, he was there. I grabbed for it. And, it, you know, at that time, he wasn't this huge popular everybody didn't know who Tony Robbins was then I just happened to grab for that vehicle and, it, and his teachings worked hmm. and uh, but anyway because that changed my life it's uh, much more important to me than grabbing a chick and so <laughs> I'm just saying this chick is Rihanna like, yeah I got, oh no I can see that I'm just saying. I can see that I can see that I'm just look I know just for the record but I gotta give Tony the props though he had all the right the right tools to get me straight yeah. so anyway that's that's the reason but that's, a, that's a fair answer that's a fair answer uh, let's, let's, let's get into the tattoos before we the let's, tattoos let's okay okay so let me back up show, show the arms bro okay. like yeah, Wayne, Wayne at least once, once a season. I showed him a little bit. Well, Wayne don't know. Wayne, I mean, Wayne, so I'm a big Superman fan, so I got, you know, a Superman sleeve I'm working on. You know? Okay. This is just my whatever miscellaneous everything Marvel. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I got gotcha. Goddess and That's stuff. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, like, so let me, so let me back up for, like, this tattoos thing, right? Right. I see a picture of this man on my phone from my girlfriend because her mom seen him in the auto connection in Hampton. Okay, uh, that's yeah. how he's on the show. Because I was like, when did he change his look from? As it's always been like this, and I just didn't know. Hey, TV, right? But so yeah, I had I had to find out when did the change from, you know, call back Mac and credit is whack whack to to this current version of Wayne we see here. Well, when I turned fifty years old. You know, people that say you go through midlife crisis and, okay. um, you know, um, when I was 50 years old, well, I can tell you, let's see, I was doing advertising 
And I walked into this big, I can't remember what the name of it is. There's one here in Richmond too. Studio Center, you know, are, you, are you aware of Studio Center? They're nationwide. But anyway, so I go into Studio Center and they want, we're gonna do this uh, more professional commercial. And uh, they do big, big time commercials for you know bigger companies and stuff. So I walk in and I meet this guy, he's really cool and he's in a band, but he's the, he's, he edits. And he's got this guitar on the wall and uh, so I'm like, wow, that's a really cool guitar. And I didn't know anything about music. And uh, I think I'm maybe 47 years old at the time. And um, we start talking. He said, yeah, you can come in and jam with me anytime you like. And I'm like, well, I don't jam. Like, I don't know what to do with a guitar. <laughs> but then we proceeded on to do what we were going to do. So I get home and I talk to my girl. And I told her what, she said, what he said. And this is like in November, and I said, he wanted me to come jam with him. I don't know anything about jamming, you know, just kind of joking about it, and that was it. So for Christmas, what does she do? She buys me a guitar. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. A guitar, really? <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's foreign. You just, well, give me some chopsticks. I don't know how to use them either. So anyway, <laughs> anyway so I'm like, I touch it, you know, and she says, well, aren't you going to strum it and play it? And I said, I don't know what to do. I said, but I tell you what, you know what, thank you for giving me the guitar. It was very sweet. It was cool. And I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll talk to the guy. His name was Peter Pope. I'll talk to him next time I go in, and I'll see about finding some lessons. So he hooks me up with lessons with one of the better guitar players in town, and I happen to know the guy. So I get into playing the guitar a little bit, and all of a sudden I can play acoustic guitar. And um, it was really cool because instead of watching TV at night when I'd go home from the auto connection, I'd come home and play the guitar. So I really got into it. And, um, um, oh shoot, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, you want to know with the tattoos? Yes. Yeah, oh, tattoos. okay. Um, so I'm doing that for a while and we, my 50th birthday comes along and I'm like, you know what? For the 50th birthday, let's just rent out this uh, place called Knuckleheads and it's this huge bar. So we, we rented out the whole thing and one part of it, one part I'm going to eat roasted so I have four med comedians come from the Funny Bone and they, they uh, roast me, which was really cool. And before that, I get up with my teacher and I play 10 songs with him on the acoustic guitar. And it went over so well that uh, it was so good. And after the fact, maybe two days later, I talked to my girl and said, you know what, why don't we start a band? Let's just do it. And we're like, we don't know how to do that. But you know what, it doesn't matter. We didn't know how to do commercials and we did them. Let's just yeah. <laughs> let's just get focused on this and do it. So we started. We ran an ad and said what we we're going to do. And because people knew me from the commercials, there were some band people that jumped all over it. And so I ended up catching up with these guys, and we started a band. And I ended up not being with them. But eight months later, I figure out who's going to be in the band. And all of a sudden, and set by. It was in December, and by September, I got my first gig out there. And it's not hard for me to get a gig because people just think it's going to be some kind of novelty because of who I am with all, you know, yeah. Mac Mac. So we don't care if he's any good. We're going to advertise we got Mac Mac here playing in the band, you know, so it didn't matter. But they didn't know that I had I'd surrounded myself with some great musicians. And um, anyway, that summer, I, before the gig, I said, you know what, I'm going to... I'm gonna get a tattoo. I'm 50 years old, and um, I'm gonna get a tattoo, and I'm gonna. That's gonna make me one thing that's gonna make me feel. And I'm gonna be a lead singer in this band, so that's gonna be one thing that I connected to with lead singers. And I'm like, you know, people in bands. I'm like, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. It's gonna, 
empower me and make me feel at least something like a lead singer. So I got this huge tattoo on my back. It's uh, the name of the band. It's called Max Daddy. And in the center, in the center there, is a picture of Mac Mac. So on the back, I have a picture of Mac Mac, and it says Max Daddy on the back. And then it has this tribal art that goes all down my back. And so that was one thing that empowered me to make me feel like a lead singer. And I actually started taking voice lessons, and I got to be pretty decent at singing rock music. And then we uh, we entered, we mingled dancing girls with this. We took poles out. And that not not stripper stuff, but they they acrobats and stuff of that oh, nature. They would eat fire and do all kinds of stuff. Okay. So it was more like a Vegas kind of show that went along. We were like a '90s rock band. I played a lot of uh, Godsmack, Tool, uh, Disturbed, that kind of music of the '90s. Hard, kind of harder rock, but stuff you'd still hear on the rock station. You'd no, still that's hear on the internet too. What's that? That's on the internet too. Your live What's performances are. Oh, some some of, some of those. Well, if they're from yeah. a while back, I've gotten way better than that. <laughs> anyway, some of those are probably embarrassing from when I first started, but I've gotten a lot better, yeah, because I've taken so many lessons on what to do. Uh, but anyway, you asked me about my tattoos. That's how I started getting into it. And then as we had these uh, crazy, weird skits, the girl that I was with for so long, we just broke up a year ago. We were together like 17 years. But she was an artist, and she would come up with these uh, crazy skits that these uh, these women would do. And if you see... This is a picture of one of the girls that was, oh, wow. this is how they were dressed. Nice. And this was performed to the song called Sober by Tool. And she had these weird hoses that would come out of her head and smoke would come out of the hoses. And she would do these weird creepy dances and dance around me while I'm singing. This is a picture of another girl, you'll see. She's a grinder girl. And you notice her breasts, she has these, she's, dressed in metal and she'd take a, a real grinder or a real grinder and she'd grind it on herself and sparks would fly off of it and I, sometimes I'd get hit with the sparks while I'm singing but she's doing this <laughs> dancing around me with a grinder so when I put a tattoo on my body it's got to be something that I know that it's going to be memorable for my whole life so therefore I won't be mad that I got it I'm like what did I do that for or that was cool when I was this age, but not cool when I'm this age. I knew that these tattoos would have meaning forever. And uh, I, I will always love these tattoos. Um, I have a picture of a jester uh, here because of my funny commercials and I was kind of dressed like a jester in a lot of my uh, band performances with Max Dad. So that's why I have this. And then I have uh, um, into the signs a little bit. So I have a, uh, a scorpion across oh, my chest okay. here. Scorpio? Yes, uh -huh, I'm a Scorpio. And across here it says in um, old English writing, it uh, says unleashed. So <laughs> I, when I was 50 years old, I felt like, okay, I've been holding this in for so long and now I'm, now I'm unleashed. Um, I'm going to be who I am and I'm gonna be in this, this band thing and I'm, this is who I am now and this is what I'm really passionate about. So I felt unleashed, so and I felt this freedom. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I've got unleashed written across there with a Scorpio. Who was the influence with the hair? Who was the influence? Oh, yeah, uh, my ex-girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She thought it would give me a harder look uh, um, to be in the band. Uh, we thought it was pretty cool, and then it ended up taking off on the commercials too. 
in the commercials, in the latter part of the commercials, we, we'd go to Vegas every year a few times. And back then, maybe in the late 2000s, they came out with this um, hairdo whereas it was kind of mohawkish, but you would still leave the sides even a little fluffy. You wouldn't shave the sides and it would just, you would, I forget what they called yeah, that hairdo. It's a full hawk. Yeah. Is that what they called it? That's okay, well anyway, it. that's what I started off with. And after that, that gave me enough nerve. I had to start there. I had some, those were that was my training wheel mm-hmm. hairdo. And once I did that, it was like after maybe six months, maybe a year. I was like, you know what? Let's just do the mohawk. And uh, back then, I had brown hair. I was all brown. I didn't have any white. I was a, <laughs> a bit younger. And uh, the mohawk uh, was thicker and it was higher. And uh, it's more tame now. I wear it in a more tamed fashion. But back then, I, I would wear it kind of crazy. And uh, I enjoyed it. It was really cool. So I was, that's one of the things that made me feel unleashed, you know. That's really cool, man. <laughs> I love, I love uh, this, this Auto Connection commercial, um, The Return of Wayne. It's like when, when you're coming back and they ask you about it. I thought you were busy with your rock band. Almost like you forgot about the company. Um, but then the, the thing about the Internet is the weirdest thing to me, right? So there's all these interviews and articles. Some you're actually in, like, you're, you've been interviewed in but then there's others that there's no quote from you so I feel like no one ever even talked to you they just wrote what they thought was going on probably and then I noticed this uh, it's they question they question Wayne right and I was just like I, I was like is that what really happened and so I, I sit here and I, I contemplate I go alright there's a there's a a storyline for the commercials, right? They began to get to the point where there's an actual storyline. There was the Young Wayne commercial, uh, and then there was you returning, right? Like, like a year or two before that, there was like the best friend discount. It was like Wayne is my best friend. There was like a whole. Uh, oh, that was back in twelve. While. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and I and I uh, I like that whole era. It was like a two year era where it was. Um, the, the it was the, the best friend commercials. Yeah, and the shot the shots were real nice, and um, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking to myself. There's a commercial storyline, and I'm curious as how, how close to the actual storyline of your life was it? Like, did you decide you were gonna transition away from the company for a while, or was it all no, just for the commercial? No, that's done on purpose. That's done on purpose. You know, if if you know things can get stale, and if you take things away from people for just a little while, and it, you know, we did it for so long, it's like okay. I'm not going to be in a commercial for maybe a year and let's see what happens. So I let, uh, these two little crazy guys who are still in commercials now, I forget what they're in this little car lot and you know, he's just kind of like an asshole yeah. cheesy type of a car dealer. And, um, they're really cool, cool commercials, but let's take me out of the commercials for a little while. And, but the commercials you're talking about were before that. And we were trying to change our business model. We were getting away from buy here, pay here to sell more expensive cars and go through finance companies just to see what that would do. And we did that for about a year and uh, we didn't like the outcome of that, but that was the, that was the premises for the, for the best friend uh, line of commercials. Yeah, you would see me mowing somebody's yard or cleaning yeah. their pool or <laughs> oh, something. Wow. Yeah, it was a good concept. I didn't actually come up with that when somebody else did. The real cool part was, uh, I was uh, in one, the end of one commercial. Uh, I was in um, their bedroom, eating 
popcorn while they were in the bed watching <laughs> TV, and that was that was so good. I was copied by um, another big company, Hair Club, not Hair Club. Um, it's a Grecian Grecian formula or one of those uh, commercials where they where you color your uh, your beard. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, who Walt Frazier was in that commercial. Oh yeah. Yeah, and if you'll see it, he's in there doing the same thing I was doing, eating popcorn. And uh, they co- they totally copied me. So that's two big companies that copied. I'd forgotten about that until you brought up the best friend uh, uh, commercials. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. you're 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 a trendsetter. <laughs> it's, well, it's I, I never looked at myself. I, I I never even thought of myself that way until you just said it uh, in this. <laughs> never really thought about that. I really have. That's, that's why we wanted you on the <laughs> show. I mean, you're a legend. Us. Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't just, I don't think you understand. My most anticipated episode. Yeah, of season. Like you, you you're talking about auto connection started in 2000, but I need you to know where I was in 2000. Like I got I was in sixth grade, right? Yeah. And like I said. For us, we weren't young enough to own cars, but as soon as a commercial popped up mm-hmm. from Auto Connection, like it gave us something all to talk about that we all knew. Like, even if you we were watching two different shows, you can call your friend and say, "Hey, have you seen this commercial?" And then you laugh and you talk about it for like fifteen minutes. Well, what's right? so Every funny day. is that I added in the jingle. We wrote this jingle there, and it ended up being super popular. And uh, you know, call Mac Mac if your credit is whack whack. Um, I actually wrote that commercial, and it sounds. Uh, he copied the tune of um, the Atomic Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I used to love that song. And uh, if you listen to it closely, you can see that he he based it on the mm-hmm. Atomic Dog. Yep. Yeah. So what the point is is that even if you're in the other room, and because the music would come on while you were in the other room and the commercial would come on you'd hear that you the point was is oh a lot of people when they're watching a show they don't want to see the commercial so um they'll get up and go make a sandwich or something and i wanted to be like okay if you're up making a sandwich i want you to hear that music come on and as soon as the commercial comes on the music comes on and i wanted you to kids or whoever's in the kitchen I wanted you to hear it and say, oh, I gotta see the Auto Connection commercial. Yeah. That was the thought behind that. So writing a uh, jingle like that was very important to me. And it that worked. jingle just happened yeah, to definitely. really, really stick with people. And everywhere I would go that year, well, still today, yep. uh, people will, will sing the song to me, which is really cool because I never saw that happening yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it. I got, so I got two questions before we wrap this thing up. Okay. I told you what we're gonna do. Top five rock bands. Top five rock bands. Yeah. That's question one. Tool, um, I'm spiritual, and if you listen to the to a lot of the lyrics of Tool, um, he's a very spiritual guy too. Mm-hmm. So it's very complex music, and it's actually I'm getting ready to do a cover Tool band. Okay. The name of it's going to be Numa, and we're coming out with. Uh, we're going to bring the I told you this earlier. We're going to come out with the Max Daddy Girls that will perform in this. So it's going to be a. Uh, we're only going to do like two shows a year. Okay. Um, so it's going to be a tool, and uh, then I've got a guy that's going to do a Prince tribute oh, band nice. that'll be right behind us. So it's uh, and he actually sings in my band that's called Can You Dig It Now, oh, okay. and he does some print. He looks like Prince, and he does Prince tunes. Uh, I do more of the classic stuff, and he'll do some of the funk. I do. We share a lot of songs, but he looks like Prince. Okay. But anyway, Tool that's is my number one band. Okay. Um, yeah, because of spirituality stuff. And, okay. Uh, yeah, um, that's cool. Very cool music. Uh, yeah. Number two is Corn. 
Okay, um, nice. Best concert I've ever been to is Corn. There's some wild dudes. Uh, next is Alice in Chains. Okay. Um, is not what I would have expected. Four, it's, it's uh, okay. local, four would be uh, probably Godsmack. Okay. And then I'm going to go back into the 80s uh, would be uh, Van Halen. Nice. Um, you know, it's eclectic. Yeah, I'm not so... You know, they have so many songs. You might not even realize how many it is, but it's so many. And um, they're just kind of worn out in my head. I don't like, oh, here's a Van Halen song now, but I yeah. still have to dig deep and say, you know what, this was a band that I love so much um, that I still have to put them in my top five. Okay. Uh, but the other stuff that I named you mostly from uh, mostly from the 90s, yeah. harder rock music, and that's what I'm more into. However, Can You Dig It is more of uh, late 60s, early 70s, uh, classic rock and mm -hmm. funk. Right, and right, uh, right. we get a lot of Earth, Wind & Fire in there, Ohio Player, stuff like that. Very nice. But we'll dip in a little bit into the 80s, like I told you we would do Prince, and we'll dip a little bit into the 60s, like I'll do some Elvis impersonations and stuff <laughs> of that nature. So it's a kind of versatile band, and it's good for weddings and uh, big outdoor events, and that's what Can You Dig It is all about. You know, Can You Dig It is a, a saying from back in the late 60s. Uh, okay. Kind of another hook there for the band that tells you, hey, Can You Dig It? Oh, okay. They're doing classic rock. <laughs> all right. Everything with me is a hook. <laughs> I have one more question. Okay. What is the biggest lesson you learned from your entire run as Wayne and making commercials and Mac Mac and all that, your rock band, everything? What's the biggest lesson you learned? Be patient with people and try to understand everybody. Because mm -hmm. everybody, everybody doesn't have learned that, you know, when you're growing up, and you don't agree with somebody, you think that, um, well, they're wrong because they should think like me. When you're a young man, you think everybody's supposed to think like you, but we're all wired differently. And you right. have to understand, well, you may have a different, you may have a difference with this person, but you need to embrace the difference because that's where you learn. Yeah, if we were all alike, we wouldn't learn from each other, but you embrace the difference instead of going against somebody you, you you embrace them you let them know that hey I respect your opinion I may not totally agree with it but I'm going to learn from it instead of creating the tension and always being you know on the difference with people and you know creating tension I'm not about that but you ask me what I've learned um, patience okay. is uh, definitely a virgin that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so a lot of patience okay. and uh, I realize that everybody's not alike and I embrace uh, I embrace differences and uh, I don't get mad anymore. Uh, I get mad with no one. Um, I just realized that this is a lesson in life that I'm learning here, and I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna be mad because who carries that? That's me that's carrying that. Not that person, when that person leaves, they're not carrying, I didn't do anything by arguing back. I carry, I'm, I'm the one carrying that with me, and I don't need to be carrying any kind of anger or guilt or anything. I need to be free, unleashed. Nice. You got anything to say before we wrap this up? Eric? No, I, I do. I, uh, we got, we got to, I got to do the plugs. We ain't done plugs properly. Uh, Autoconnection.com. Yes. Yes. Autoconnection.com. If you're looking for a vehicle, Autoconnection.com. Right? Find your nearest auto uh, auto connection location. Go. Talk to somebody and get yourself a proper vehicle. Right? You can trust Wayne. I trust Wayne. Uh very honest very genuine person yes he is all right people talk about car salesmen all the time shady business 
Wayne Please is not shady. Yeah, yeah, he's very, very genuine, very honest person. So, if you're gonna trust anybody, you trust all the connections. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, <clears throat> where can they check out your band? Yes. I'm all over Virginia Beach. I've got to figure out how to get to Richmond. <laughs> That's where I want to be. I want to be here too, um, playing in some bigger venues and outdoor events is what I like to do. But I'll I'll touch on some bars, and if you you know some bigger bars, I'll do that okay. too. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'll just look at look on Facebook. Can you dig it? And uh, you'll see us on there. And I can you can hit me up on Facebook, and I can you can see where schedule is. There's actually people here at the music shop, three one eight West Broad Street. Uh, as you can talk to that about how to get in like the camel national next door like so that's some options so we'll we, we talk about that after the show sure um, but my name is Eddie Baskets El Segundo they call me Herb to my left is my co-host just Alex this is Ben Wayne from Auto Connection oh yeah <laughs> this has been the Herb Surgery Podcast with Alex and Herb good will and God bless